Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. All right, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. And I want to tell you, I have wrestled with this message this morning. Not because it's necessarily a, a, a bad message or whatever. It's just one that uh, is different from what we've been um, hearing and, and talking about. I don't know if you've been coming on Wednesday night. Uh, we've been talking about confession. The power of your confession. Speaking out of your mouth. Uh, and causing, causing the words that come out of your mouth to be uh, those things that guide and direct your life. And we've been speaking about the power of your confession. It's been really good. I've enjoyed it. I don't know if everybody else has, but I've enjoyed that. It's been good for me. It's always good to uh, be reminded of the power of the word that comes out of your mouth. So we've been doing that on Wednesday night. Several weeks ago, God began to deal with me uh, with this passage of scripture. And I prayed and, and I said, well, Lord, you know, what are you trying to tell me? God, what are you trying to show me? And God just began to speak and, and uh, show me some things. And I'm not here today to uh, put a cloud or anything over anything, but I believe today that God has got a word. Uh, for us today uh, out of Daniel chapter 5 and uh, so I, wanna, I want us to read this morning we're going to read uh, some of this story just to give you the idea of what's going on and we'll go from there Daniel chapter 5 beginning with verse 1 Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of wood, and of stone. And in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. Now I want you to read uh, to skip down uh, to verse 25 uh, of that same chapter. Uh, verse 25 of that same chapter. And in the, in the middle of this, uh, Belshazzar uh, has, he's scared to death He's pale-faced. 
His knees are knocking together and he's fearing because he don't understand what's going on. So he calls all of his astrologers and all of his magicians and all those uh, uh, soothsayers and might have called sister uh, so-and-so that was a palm reader or something. I don't know who all he called, but he called a bunch of them and, and they came, and but nobody could interpret the writing on the wall. But there was a man named Daniel that was a man of God, that God had used him. And so he called uh, through the queen coming to him and saying, hey, you need, to, you need to get in touch with Daniel. He can help you out. Daniel comes and begins to interpret what the handwriting on the wall is. And in verse 25, it says, and this is the writing that was written. Mene, mene, TK, you farsen. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. TK, thou art weighed in the balances and art found warning. And Perez, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Persians. And after that, Belshazzar uh, gave Daniel uh, some gifts and all that. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word this morning. And God, you know the message today that you want to get out to uh, this congregation for this hour. Father, today, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, this morning that we be sensitive to follow what you are wanting to say. And Lord, only what you're wanting to say, not my might, nor, nor by my power, but Father, by your spirit today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. As I was alluding to a few minutes ago, this is different, and this message is different, and it's going to be different, but I believe but I believe that God's given us this word uh, as, a, as a church, as a body of believers uh, for several reasons. But one of those reasons is that I think God is saying to the church today, you need to recognize the time and the season that you're in, not as individuals. All right? I'm not talking about this is going to be your season. I'm not talking about this is going to be your time. But I'm talking about you need to recognize the time and the season that we as a church are in. The reason I say that is that everything on the outside, for the most part, the economy is looking good, job market is increasing, and all these things are looking good. But at the same time, there's chaos everywhere we look. We're living in a chaotic world. I went out this morning, got in my truck to come over here. And as I got in my truck, my mind uh, was racing with so many things. And as I got in my truck, before I pulled out of the driveway, the Holy Spirit just moved all over me and I began to pray in an unknown language. And as I began to pray in the Holy Spirit, God spoke to me 
and he said chaos is rising. Chaos is rising. And this is what the Lord spoke to me this morning while I was sitting in the driveway at my house. He said this, he said chaos is rising. He said, but in the midst of chaos rising, God said, this is a time of favor upon my people. God said, I am giving favor in all areas to my people. He said, this time of favor is not going to last. He said, in the midst of chaos rising, he said, favor is coming upon my people. And they're going to begin to be able to go into areas. They're going to be able uh, to do things that they've not previously been able to do. God said, I'm going to unlock doors that have been locked down for years and years and allow the gospel to go in. He said, I'm going to take the chains off of, of uh, ministries and things such as that that have been chained up over the years. And he said, I'm going to open those doors and I'm going to give them access. God said, I'm going to put my hand on the things that the devil has come in in the United States of America and try to kill and try to stop and try to shut down. God said in the midst of chaos rising, these things are going to be taking place in the kingdom of God. And God said, tell my people that this is a time of favor for them. God said, have not I already shown you that favor is coming upon your life? Have not I already told you that I am unlocking things that have been locked up? God said, you need to move in that that I've shown you and step out in that that I've given you. He said, because this time of favor will not last. He said, it's not going to be long. That favor is going to be stopped because chaos is rising up. And he said, when chaos rises up, he said, it's going to shut down and, and, and uh, uh, nullify everything that I'm trying to do because the chaos is representative of those that are, are opposed to the gospel. They're opposed to the work of God. And he said that that tide is rising up. But God said, tell my people that this is a time of favor. And it's time for you to rise up, child of God, and realize that the favor of God is on your life. Those places that you couldn't go last week, those places that you couldn't go into last year, you need to step out and put your foot forward and say, I'm going to do it this time because the favor of God is on my life. Those places even in the school systems and even in the court systems and even in the universities, God said, I'm going to open doors and once again the gospel is going to penetrate those areas. Why? Because it is a time of favor for my people, God said. That's a prophetic word, by the way. Doesn't matter whether it's received or not, God spoke it. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to walk in it. And I'm going to believe that God is going to do some things.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Listen, I want to give you just some real quick points. And this message this morning is going to be a launch pad for others that will be coming, that will be uh, perhaps pertaining and, and in this area. Uh, but I want to give you just some, some quick points here about this. Belshazzar was the king of Babylon. His father, uh, his father's name was Nabonidus, Nabonidus. And his father, at the time that this happened, his father was actually fighting a battle just outside of the walls of Babylon. Uh, he was fighting a battle with the Medes and Persians just outside of Babylon. Babylon, the city of Babylon, was surrounded by massive, massive walls. It was a city, that the walls, some uh, say that in places the walls were over 150 feet high. Massive walls. They had hundreds of, of guards that were around these walls. It was an impenetrable city. It was a city that people looked at and said, there's no way that, that armies or enemies will be able to penetrate that city. The Euphrates River flowed through the middle of this city or through this city, un, through the, under the walls of this city. It, it is said in history that they had no worries, that they, they had 25 years worth of food stored up inside the walls of this city. They had a water supply that was unending. They had no reason to worry. But that night, while Belshazzar's father was outside the walls fighting a battle with the Medes and Persians and he was on the verge of defeat. Belshazzar, his son, decides we're going to have a party. In the middle of, of the chaos, we're going to have a party. The Bible says that he gathered a thousand of his lords together and they began to throw down. Man, they had a party. 
And they began to throw down. It was all kind of ungodliness, debauchery, and all the things that you could imagine. Wine unlimited, women unlimited, anything you wanted, it was at that party. But Belshazzar, in his drunkenness and in his partying, decided that he was going to do something. And I believe he stepped across a line. He said, I want you to bring the vessels from the vessels that, that my father, my grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had brought from Jerusalem, the vessels that we had taken out of the temple, the golden goblets, the golden uh, 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 things, the, the tools and, that were used in the temple. He said, I want you to bring them, those goblets that had been uh, used to catch the blood of, of the lamb that was, that was slain on the altar, those goblets that were used uh, to catch that, that, that life-giving blood uh, of the sacrifice on the altar. He said, I want you to bring them out here. And they filled those, those uh, goblets with wine. And, and uh, Belshazzar put the uh, goblets up to his lips and drank of the wine from those, those vessels that God had looked at and said, these vessels are holy. And I want to stop right there because that's one of the places that, that I want you to, to catch uh, uh, today is that we're living in a culture today that, that are doing everything they can uh, to, to uh, denounce, uh, to, uh, to shame, or to uh, put down the gospel. Never before in the history of the United States of America have we been faced uh, with the opposition that we're being faced with today. The progressive movement is, is, is constantly bombarding us about, uh, about the gospel. Just the other day, uh, Joy Bayar on, on television uh, uh, just ridiculed Vice President uh, Pence uh, because he was a Christian and, and uh, said that he was mentally ill because he was a Christian on national television. And, and it's over and over and over. And I'm not getting political or anything like that, so don't even uh, try to accuse me on something like that. I'm telling you the truth, and I'm telling you today that if it opposes the gospel of Jesus Christ, you need to cut ties with it. If it opposes the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ, anybody that would stand and say that you're mentally ill because you're a child of God, then they're not worthy of me watching them on television anymore. And so I cut ties with that, and I won't be watching. I never did watch it, but I definitely won't watch it now. But we're living in a culture today, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said the culture that we're living in today are doing just as Belshazzar did. They're, they're taking the things that were holy, and they're, they're shaming them, and they're disregarding uh, things. And God said, I will not allow this to continue. He said there will be a place that it will stop, 
and he said there will be a place that I will cut this and it will not go any further. God said I am displeased with it. He said but in the midst of that and I'm, I'm going back into that, that prophecy he said in the midst of that in the midst of the enemy doing everything that he can to, uh, to uh, disregard the gospel and, and to shut it down and to cut it out. Listen, uh, you know something is going on, friend, when, when our culture is doing everything they can uh, to get God out of schools, to get God out of society, the God that says that we are, listen, our relationship with God is built on one thing, and that is love. Anything outside of love is not of God. And, and, and listen, it, it blows my mind that, that our culture today would want to get God out of our school, get God out of our society, and yet we've got uh, people that are coming into the schools, shooting people and killing people. we got people that are being shot on the street, but yet we want to do away with God that says you've got to love your brother. Let me get back. I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail. There's a bunch of rabbit trails around here, I'm telling you. But listen, Belshazzar brought these vessels in. He disregarded God. He had no regard for God. He had no regard for the things of God. And so he brought these vessels in that had been taken out of the temple of the, of the Lord. And he and his wives and his, his uh, leaders drank wine from them. Listen, one of the things that, that we see that is a characteristic of the last days is the party spirit. The party spirit. Life's a party. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy. And even that party spirit has tried to creep into the church so that we can make the church a place where we can go and have fun. We can go and have a party. Listen, I love fun. And I love to, I love to, to dance. Y'all know I do my little white boy dance and that's just jumping up and down. That's all I can do. Tell Brother Robert Hood all the time, man, if I could dance like you, brother, I would, I would dance all the time. But I love to do that and I love to, to get in the presence of God and I love to experience the glory and the power of God working in people's lives and I like to see people blessed and, and all that. But, but listen, we're living in a culture today and guys, I want to tell you, uh, if you, if you have been infected with this, then I want to give you an antidote. If you've not been infected with it, perhaps some of your family have been infected with it because we're living in a culture today that says, let's have fun, let's go and be entertained. We can do church later. Let's do this first. Let's go and have a ball. Let's have a good time and we'll worry about church later. And I want to tell you this morning, the reason that I harp on church is not only because I'm a pastor, but the reason that I harp on church and the reason that I'm so uh, dogmatic when it comes to church is because I recognize the power of the church. I recognize the authority of the church. 
I recognize, listen, I am, I am super proud to say that all of my children are in church. All of my children are saved and born again. And their families are saved and born again. You know why I believe that is? That I believe that that is because uh, mom and dad did not give them a choice about church. We made our children come to church. And I know that's not a popular thing in 2018, but listen, I, we made our children come to church when we had the ability to make them do something. And when we lost the ability to make them do it, they chose to do it on their own. But here's the reason that we did that. It's because by them coming to church, it's set in their mind that there's a day of week, of the week, there's a time in my week that I shut everything else down and I go to the house of God and worship. It built something in them that lets them know there's a time in my week that I've got to stop doing what I've been doing and I've got to go to the house of God and I'm going to make time uh, to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. In our culture today, we're losing that. That's the reason that it's so hard to get people to come to church. That's the reason that it's so difficult to get young people interested in church. So I want to challenge you, mom and dad, recognize the, the spirit that's in our culture today and, and listen. I know I might get some emails or something like that. But listen, come on, guys. Don't give your children a choice if they want to go to church or not because you know what? If it's, listen, most, most of the kids that come here can't wait to get here on Sunday morning. Most of them are getting their moms and dads out of bed and saying, hey, you need to get ready because we're going to church because Pastor Tammy's got it going on back there in Extreme Kids or, or Pastor T. Fry's got it going on up there with a uh, core uh, youth ministry or something like that. But listen, don't give your children a choice because one day, one day, it will be the greatest thing that you've ever done in their lives. Now here's, the, here's the other thing that I want to tell you. Belshazzar and all of his people, they were partying. I mean, they were throwing down. And here's this writing that comes, this hand that appears and begins to write on the wall. And as Belshazzar saw this writing on the wall, the Bible says that his, his loins loosed and, and his knees began to smite together. And he lost the color in his face and fear came. And to make a long story short, they got Daniel to come in because they didn't understand what was going on. Can I tell you something this morning? The world, and by the world I mean the unsaved, those who are not connected with Christ, they cannot see what's going on around them. They think everything is going good. The selfish world that we're in today, it's all about me. 
It's all about my agenda. It's all about my belief. It's all about what I want to do. You don't have a right to say anything about what I do. You don't have a right to judge me. You don't have a right to stand up against me or anything like that. And and even uh, with our kids now, uh, that, that just here a few weeks ago, it started now in some states that they don't even put male or female on a birth certificate anymore because they say we want to allow the child to choose what they want to be. You see, we sit here and we say, how stupid, how stupid can you be? That's what I said, and that's what I'm still saying. But you know what? The world, the unsaved, cannot recognize what's going on around them. And we're seeing a steady progression of evil and a steady progression of perversion and things such as that. Listen, we don't condemn people here at McCullough Christian Center. We love them. It doesn't matter who you are. When you come through the door, we're going to love you. We're not, condemn, we're not going to condemn you. God never called us to clean fish. He called us to catch them. But our culture today is, is perverted and so messed up and mixed up. And, and all of that is going on. But here's the thing. They don't recognize it. But listen. As men and women of God, God has given us his spirit on the inside of us. And it will check us. It will cause us to say, wow, look at that. It will cause us to say, man, God, how much longer is this going to last? How much longer is this going to go on? Belshazzar nor any of his people recognized that even though there was a battle being fought outside of the walls of their city, they did not recognize the danger of what was going on and much less of what was coming down the road. And yet, Belshazzar would disrespect and disregard the things of God. The writing on the wall appears. The only one that could interpret the writing on the wall was not a magician. He was not a soothsayer. He was not one of the Chaldeans, but he was a man of God. Listen, I believe today that in this hour, God is going to begin to raise up men and women of God of wisdom, and they're going to begin to recognize and identify things that are going on in our culture. And not only are they going to recognize it and identify it, but I believe they're going to begin to speak out against it with their voice. Yes, it's going to bring opposition, and yes, it might bring persecution, but God said it is the hour that I that we're living in and he said that is the favor that I'm going to put on men and women that open their mouth and expose the things and the works of the enemy God said my favor is going to rest upon those things and God said because this is the time of favor and if they don't seize the listen what have we said all along 
You've got to recognize the opportunity and also you've got to recognize the lifetime of the opportunity because every opportunity that comes along has a lifetime that is attached to it. And if you don't seize that opportunity in its lifetime, then you're going to be one that's going to wake up one day and say, my goodness, look what I let get by. So we're living in a culture today that is defined by this party attitude. We can see that uh, in Matthew 24 when Jesus was talking about uh, the day, uh, the coming day of the Lord that no one knows the hour, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. And then he said, for as the days were uh, in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. He said, for as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. They were, listen, they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Notice who was unaware. Those that were swept away in the flood. It's weird this morning that my wife spoke about Noah. Because you know what? Noah and his family, in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that Noah heard God and he moved with fear to, the build, to build an ark for the safety of his family. In other words, they were swept away because they were unaware of the flood. Who were they? Those that did not know God. They got swept away by the flood. But who was on the boat? Noah and his family. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Guys, I want to tell you this morning, I, I believe that God is saying today, you need to look and read the writing on the wall. God is saying, I believe today, that he's saying there's writing on the wall, church. There's writing on the wall. It is not, listen, it is not judgment against the church. It is judgment against the enemy. It is the writing on the wall. But the writing on the wall must be interpreted by the church and given out to those that are lost. It must be, listen, you need, Daniel, you need to rise up. You need to uh, rise up and read the writing on the wall because there's some of your family that are unaware that judgment is just outside the wall and they're unaware that, that, that God is going to judge the perversion and all these things and he is calling you as a Daniel uh, in this hour to stand up and say, listen, let me tell you something. Uh, you have been weighed in the balance and your weight is not not according to the will of God and God's about to come and judgment is about to come and I want to tell you and I want to warn you sir and I want to warn you ma'am you need to get ready I know this is different I know it's different but I'm not apologizing because listen my responsibility and my job is not to always make you happy amen 
I'm going to love you and I'm going to pat you on the back and I'm going to tell you you look the best of anybody ever known and, and all that and I'm going to tell you that the greatest because you are the greatest congregation around but listen I'm going to tell you the truth I want you to know the truth because the truth will set you free amen so Daniel interprets this writing on the wall and it literally it literally means that uh, that your kingdom has been uh, numbered and it's it's been finished you've been weighed in the balances and you you've been finished and so we go and I'm I'm bouncing around here but but listen he gave Belshazzar this warning and the, and the very same night the very same night that city that everybody said is impenetrable those walls that everybody said nobody can get through these walls how many of you know that the enemy came in history says that that Darius redirected the Euphrates River that flowed under the wall of Babylon and when he redirected that river it allowed his armies to walk in under the walls of that great city in the riverbed they came into that city through the riverbed of the Euphrates River and invaded that city that night Belshazzar was killed he lost his life the judgment of God came upon that city I told my wife several several months ago and I'm not saying this this is not prophetic or anything but I'm just saying what I told her I told Judy several months ago I said it scares me to hear how our administration is talking about North Korea a little spot in the world being talked down to by a giant and I was sitting listening to that one day and the Lord reminded me he said don't forget AI he said don't forget Joshua and the battle of AI see guys I'm not saying that's going to happen but I'm telling you if you look at everything that's going on in our culture and you look at all of our world and all the 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 chaos and all the anger and all the frustration and all those things and you put all that stuff together you you ask yourself the question where is this going to stop or how is this going to stop and listen I'm expecting revival but I'm expecting revival to come uh, perhaps through some fire God forbid that it should maybe in this crusade that's coming up in October we're going to see multitudes and multitudes of people saved and born again and I'm believing that but listen I want to tell you when, when we look at the whole picture we have, we have to ask ourselves the question where is this going to stop 
is our is our world uh, ever going to be able to be turned around? I don't know, but I'm telling you this. This is what God spoke to me. And he said, I am going to crash the party of the world. He said, I'm, I'm going to crash the party of the world. And I want to give you one more thing that the Lord showed me. And, uh, and I'm going to close. I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about all throughout the Bible. You see that, that uh, before God before God's judgment came the attitude of people was let's have a party let's let's throw a party and in the midst of that that debauchery and sin and all of that God came and brought judgment and I was I was thinking about that uh, and and Holy Spirit took me to Judges chapter 16 and uh, it's the story of Samson and I've never seen this before until I began to study this this area. God took me to the story of Samson. You know the story of Samson. You know that Samson was one of the most anointed men uh, in the Bible. That when the anointing of God would come on Samson, he was invincible. All right, There was nothing uh, that could stop Samson uh, when the anointing of God would come on him. He would break ropes. He would break chains. He would, he would take the steel gates of the city and pick them up and put them on his shoulders and walk off with them. He, he, could, he slew thousands of Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Uh, why? Because of the anointing of God. Here's the thing, guys, that, that when, when you and I walk in the anointing, we are invincible. The devil cannot do anything with an anointed man or woman of God. But what's happened in our culture is we wanted to put the anointing in the back room again in order that we can pacify and please everybody that comes through the door. When it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It is not my ability. It is not my oratorical skills. It is not my ability to articulate words and all of that and get them out so that, so that they will tickle everybody's ears. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Listen, what has drawn you here today is not this beautiful building, but it is the anointing of God that when you come through the doors of this building, you say, my goodness, there is something there that stirs me when I go. Uh, there's something there that moves me when I'm there. It is the anointing. Daniel or Samson had that anointing. He was walking in that anointing. But he got sidetracked. His weakness was women. He had a weakness with women and Delilah was the one that brought him down. He laid in her lap. You know the story. He laid in Delilah's lap and she rubbed his head and, and told him what an awesome guy he was and, and how beautiful his hair was and all that. And Samson finally gave away uh, the secret to his power and he said, it's my hair, it's my hair, it's my hair. And in his spiritual stupor, she gave him a haircut. She rocked, exactly, Miss Sarah. She rocked him to sleep.
she rocked him to sleep. She gave him a haircut and she woke him up. She, she pushed him and said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The Bible says that Samson jumps up at, at all times like he's done at all times before and he gets up and he, he flexes his muscles and he bows his arm up like that and, and, and all that and, and, and uh, shakes himself and went out to fight the Philistines but when he went out he recognized and realized that he did not have the anointing that he once had. And I've said this before and I say it again if you're taking notes you need to write this down but Samson was the last person that knew that he had lost the anointing. Delilah knew, the devil knew that he didn't have the anointing. Samson was the last one that knew that he did not have the anointing. But here we go. They capture him, they take him down, and they put his eyes out. Why did they put his eyes out? So that he could not see. Listen, and, and, and here's, the, here's, here's where it begins to get extremely prophetic. Because the church, when she walks under the anointing, when she doesn't walk under the concepts and the precepts of the world system, when the church is the church, when the church is the church, when the church preaches the gospel, when the church stands against sin and preaches the gospel, when she does that and she is living and walking under the anointing, she is invincible. It doesn't matter what our culture says or thinks. When the church is walking under the anointing, Brother Walter, she cannot be stopped. She's never been stopped and she never will be stopped because the anointing will break the yoke of bondage. That's the reason that when you get some young people that are under the anointing when you get a Carl Smith that is walking under the anointing then they are invincible but listen what the enemy will do is rock you to sleep and rock you out of that anointing and when he gets you out from under that anointing he can put his hand on you and rob you of your sight and that is the ability to see what is going on around you and not recognize and be out of touch about what's going on around you the Bible says they put Samson's eyes out and, and he was kept in prison but there came a day there came a day that the lords of the Philistines once again we see this party spirit the lords of the Philistines says let's throw a party we're going to celebrate our victories and all that. And so they got thousands of all the Philistines together in one big uh, Colosseum-like place. And, and, and they were partying and having a good time. And one of them said, why don't you send a, a boy down there and get Samson out of, out of uh, prison and bring him up here and parade him in front of everybody so we can mock and make fun of him. And so they sent a little boy. Remember? They sent a little boy down to get a man of God. 
that at one time could tote the city gates off on his shoulder. They sent a little boy to, down to get a blinded, used to be anointed man of God. And he went down and, and I can see him. Hold that baby. I need a, come here Brother Randall I need a man is there any kids in the house no kids in the house come here Connor come here buddy Connor got that, that hair slicked up man he's looking sharp ain't he alright I'm not scaring Connor Connor, I want you to take him by the hand. This is Samson. And I want you just to lead him. Hey, brother, come here, brother uh, Tim. Come here, Jake. Come here, up here, man. Stand back over there. You come in too fast. Stand. Stand right here. Jake, come, come right here and stand right here. Right here. Right here. Come back here. All right, because I want you to get this. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Jake and, and, and Tim are pillars that were holding up the world system. They were the pillars. Here, here's Samson and this young man that's leading Samson in. And as they're leading uh, Samson in, Samson says, hey, hey, uh, do you think that you could take me up and put me between those two pillars so that I can just rest myself on those two pillars? The young boy said, okay, take him up there, Connor. Put him between those two pillars. All right, you can let him go now. You've done your job, man. Thank you, buddy. <clears throat> but here's the thing. The world had lost respect for the church. They had lost respect for the church. Why? Because they saw a church that was talking about something big but could not back it up. And so they had put the eyes out of Samson. So here is Samson blinded standing between these two giant pillars that are holding up the entire infrastructure of this building where thousands of, of party goers are at. I want you to listen to this. Samson, standing there between those two pillars, looked up to heaven, and here's what he said. He said, Lord, one more time, one more time, Send your anointing upon me. Lord, one more time, let your power come upon me. And here's what Samson did. He began to lean on the pillars that represented the system of the world. And the anointing of God moved over him for one more time and he pushed 
and they fail. Man, the anointing did that. <laughs> but listen, when that happened, thank you guys, when that happened, the Bible says that in that event, Samson did more damage to the world system than at any time prior to that. Here's what Holy Spirit said to me through that. Holy Spirit said, son, he said the world has looked at the church and discounted the anointing. The world has looked at the body of Christ and said there is no power there. There is no value in being a Christian. But God said, son, I want you to, I want you to tell people this. He said, because there's some Samsons around that have had their, they've lost their eyesight. They've lost their ability to see. He said, but son, the words that I'm going to speak in this hour is going to awaken in the anointing in the Samsons. And he said, they're going to stand up. And one more time, God said, I'm going to use them one more time. And he said, I'm going to allow my power to flow through them. And they're going, to, they're going to break down, Destin. They're going to break down some of the systems that have been established by the world. Soak on that. Stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Everybody say, whew. I'm glad I unloaded that. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you this morning for the power of the word of God. And I thank you this morning for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. That Father, today, that God, that the church has not lost her power, but God, that she's going to rise up, and God, that eyesight is coming back to the church, and God, they're going to begin to see, and God, we're going to begin to recognize the culture that we're living in, and, and Father, today, Lord, I thank you that, that God, this morning, you're raising up some Daniels, God, to speak, and you're raising up some men and women of God that are going to declare unashamedly the word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, today, Father, bless your people this morning. Father, let us take this word, let us meditate on it, let us think on it, that we can grow stronger in our faith with you. And Lord, we give you praise. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug their neck before you leave. God bless.